Welcome to Court Killers. Reckoning the world of entertainment is turned upside down, and we're just trying to find out what to watch, where we want, how we want, whenever we want. I'm Tom Merritt. Where's the good stuff, Brian? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'll tell you where it's not been is on this stream for the last three or four weeks where things have been highly erratic. And I feel like we owe it to all of our listeners to say uh, CES happened. The holidays happened. Jesus got born. We got a brand new year. CES happened. And then last week, uh, both of our pipes froze. Mine was my throat and yours were literal pipes. My literal pipes had frozen and I lost water. And and I'm like, hey man, I'm a little bit overwhelmed, but I can think I, I think I can make it happen. And then and I Tom, said, I was just got back I'm, just, I'm sure I could do the show just fine. And then we said, wait, maybe it'd be better if we just didn't do the show. It, it was the very first time that we just full on sent out to all of our beautiful patrons at patreon.com slash cord killers. Like, hey guys, sometimes it doesn't work out. Give us just a minute. And you guys were fabulous about it. Thank you. Also, two weeks ago when we did the kind of off the cuff CES uh, stream, we got some really good feedback that that y'all kind of liked that. So uh, we're going to do sort of a hybrid version of that from now on where we're just going to gather together the links and kind of look at them with you. Uh, not not quite full production style, production meeting style like we did uh, two weeks ago, but but in a more casual way of like this this is all of us learning how to make our way forward together. So let's start with the supply run. Future events such as these will affect you in the future. Apple has been billing the Apple Vision Pro as the ultimate entertainment device. Have you seen Have you seen this out there, Brian? Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I certainly am a big fan of VR, and I'm a big fan of the future of VR and AR. Uh, and uh, this is some kind of weird middle step. But but what's what's the latest news in this case? So so you know what the Apple Vision Pro is? Uh, yeah, it's basically a, a goggles that have a weird <laughs> spooky eyes on the outside your yeah. eyes on the outside yeah. so that it's less socially awkward question mark you're not really <laughs> supposed to use them standing up uh they run off a battery pack or plugged into the wall and what what i was pointing out to you is that all week they've been talking about oh you these, these are great for entertainment uh so disney plus we're going to partner with disney plus you're going to be able to watch some 3D movies on Disney+. Plus. We're going to have 3D movies available through the Apple Store. Uh, however, not all the apps are there. Well, I, I, I would imagine that uh, uh, there's always this chicken and egg syndrome where um, uh, do you have the platform and it attracts the developers or do you, uh, you know, have the developers? Oh, it's not about that. It's not about that. These developers have apps. They're on the iPad. All they have to do is check a box saying, yeah, put them in the Apple vision store. Uh, uh, and Netflix said, no, we're not going to do that. YouTube said, no, we're not going to do that. Spotify apparently is also going to say, no, we're not going to do that. Um, because they, don't like the way Apple gets in the way of their relationship with the users. Okay. And this 100% makes sense because ultimately uh, the platform, whoever the platform is, whether the platform is YouTube, whether the platform is Spotify, whether the platform is Shopify, whether the platform is Gmail, email, uh, X, you name it. um, Ultimately it's a connection between the creator and the uh, consumer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and by the way, that's the wild part. Both parties perceive the other one as God. Yeah, like, I guess they're right. Yeah, that's a good God point. Is the consumer? If you're the consumer, God is the creator, right? Uh, and and everybody's afraid of stuff being taken away. Um, I, I can't blame anybody for for being cautious about any of that. So. There's, there's a little bit of a hamstring there, uh, but you'll be able to go to a browser on the Apple Vision Pro uh, should you spend the $3,500 to buy one uh, and be able to watch Netflix in the browser. You'll be able to watch YouTube in the browser. So it's not like you're without the ability to do it. You would have to have an internet connection, no offline browsing. Uh, and there's the Disney Plus interactions and stuff that are going to be great. What do you think, though, uh, going back to that first question of Apple billing this as like, 
an entertainment device. Uh, this is the future of, of, of watching your TV because you, you all would have to have these on to watch it together. Uh, this is a very, you know, siloed device. Uh, you're, you're watching it in front of your eyes, not, not looking at a shared thing with other people. So here's my guess. And, uh, let me, let me make you my pitch and you can tell me, uh, why I'm wrong because uh, you're smarter than me and you're more familiar with things. Um, I think that uh, there's there's a right time to make a move. And I think we all agree that this particular device is not yet ready to be the thing that it wants to be. Similar to like the iPhone itself is not the supercomputer that we all carry around in our pocket and love so well uh, in 2006, eight, whenever. Um, but it was the right time to do something. And so they're at this place where it's like, well, we've got to do something. Um, you don't want to be too early, like an Oculus Quest, where you're wearing a brick on your face and it's underpowered. Uh, now, granted, that was fantastic during the pandemic because we all got to play miniature golf together and, and felt connected. Uh, but ultimately, they tried to follow it up and it doesn't seem to be doing very well. So now you have a mushy category that is somewhere in between what was and what it wants to be. And what I am convinced it wants to be is just a pair of regular glasses that have <laughs> AR that don't make you look awkward in public. What they have are ski goggles yeah. that make you look very, very awkward in public. And, and, um, and, 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 and how am I doing so far? How, I, how does that? You're, you're, you're doing damn fine. Uh, cause I'm not smarter than you. I might be a little more familiar with some of this stuff. And that's the only place where I would add to what you're saying is they don't know what this is good for. It's not that they're, they're holding back. They, they don't know what it's good for yet. Uh, one thing I've noticed is Apple doesn't care about being early or late to a market. They don't, they don't strategically introduce a device because they they've picked the right spot like oh the early people are done and and we'll be too late if we wait apple comes to market when they feel like they've done as much as they can behind closed doors and they've got a compelling product and they want to see what people do with it if you remember the original iphone didn't have an app store it was just a touchscreen it was like here's a touchscreen what are you going to do with that the app store came later uh and the same thing with the iPad. The iPad, they, they really didn't know. Are people going to use this like a computer? Is it going to be an entertainment device? What are people going to do with it? The Apple Watch is the biggest example of that. Nobody knew what the Apple Watch was. They were like, I don't know, maybe it's Hermes. Maybe it's a fashion statement. Maybe it's fitness. Now, many years later, they've decided, oh, it's a health and lifestyle thing. It helps you like track your sleep and, and do medical things and, and stuff like that. So they finally figured out what the Apple Watch is. Here, they gave it to developers last summer, and the fact that they're relying on it to be an entertainment device tells me they didn't see anything that they thought was an obvious hit, so they're going to just shove it out into the public and hope that the 180,000 or so people who buy it uh, will find the thing they're go that they say, oh... I don't know if I'd spend $3,500 on it, but this is pretty cool. And then everybody else wants to buy the next one, which will be $1,700 or whatever. Well, and and I I can see a world where that bet pays off. So it's like, I'm not going to yeah. discount it out of hand as a bad tactic. Um, however, uh, uh, it, it feels like, um, I don't know, <laughs> a friend of mine, I was trying to make it in time for a wedding. And another friend was officiating the wedding and we had a flat tire. Then we had another flat tire and we got some of them there in an Uber. And, 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 uh, the friend who was officiating the wedding, uh, he acknowledged like, none of this is ideal. None of this is great. I'm sorry, Brian, but this baby is due it's time and it's going to be whatever it is it's going to be. And that's what this feels like, even though they don't know what they want it to be at this point. Yeah. Which I think it's interesting that they're pushing entertainment um, because it is very solitary. Uh, but a lot of people watch things on their phones, watch, you know, so, so this could be it. They pushed it at WWDC last summer as productivity. I guess they found that not to be compelling for people because I think it still could be a very productivity oriented device. 
I don't see it as a cord cutting device, though. Uh, certainly not at $3,500, but, e- but even if it got cheaper, I, I don't know that this is the future of how you watch entertainment, but Hey, you know what? I thought instant messaging was dumb too. So what do I know? Well, the, the best case I was able to make when we discussed it before was, um, uh, if you're into van life, it's going to be great. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, like if you are alone in an apartment, <laughs> it'd be great. <laughs> yeah. You'll get you the biggest route- possible screen in your van that you could never fit in there. Yeah. Exactly. Like, but, but, but if you are, oh, I don't know, a father with a wife and three kids and all that, it's going to be a little bit difficult. Um, as a matter of fact, um, we don't have to trace. This is probably more of a DTNS topic, but um, uh, uh, literally yesterday we went to a very loud, very echoey place and uh, uh, to celebrate a bunch of v- birthdays. And I'm, creep it up on 50 i'm about to you know lose a little bit of the hearing but meanwhile my father-in-law is a a couple decades ahead um and i remember thinking my god what i would give for subtle glasses that did one thing they listened and gave me closed captioning oh so i I saw like six of those at ces how are they how are they are they Eh, good they're fine you know they're okay yeah (laughs) but they're there they're, they're expensive. That's the thing, you know. But one, one thing I would certainly not do is wear a pair of ski goggles around. Yeah, that's not. Apple Vision Pro is eye. not that. The, the ones I saw at CES were specific, like purpose built, right? They're for exactly the situation that you're talking about and nothing else. Uh, Apple Vision Pro is, is for lots of things. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's a solution for that. There is a solution, though, to keep us doing the show. Oh man, I, you're talking about our old friends, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you about a little service called Cash Under the Table. Yep. You book a flight. Come mm-hmm. on out to both Los Angeles and Austin, or mm-hmm. on April eighth, you can you know just slip us a little cash under the table and let us engage in a little bit of low grade tax evasion unless i mean unless you have a better idea tom uh hmm, hmm, hmm. i think that's fine as long as we're clear that we're not encouraging anyone to evade taxes we're not encouraging anyone to break any laws no, no, no. Uh, we're just loudly announcing that we intend to violate tax law and not report the cash under the table option i don't now, think that's a good idea brian i think that's a very bad idea like oh. i don't think you want that that kind of attention possibly just hear me out we call on our old friend pat pat yeah pat rion he can take all the cash from people process it legally and then we get most of it okay now i know that you and i both know that pat rion is a money launderer but let's say we pretend Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. left looking right Let's say we pretend it's a legitimate business. He's a legitimate <laughs> businessman, Pat Rion. Hey, hey, uh, you know what? Let's pronounce it differently. Let's call it Patreon. Ooh, that's like European. I like it. You hear that, yeah. Pat? Uh-huh. Uh, your Patreon. Patreon. Slash cord killers. That way they can keep us loud, live, and independent. And then you don't have to get on a flight. No, uh, although you can, you still can. You can get all kinds of special perks like uh, insider sauce, uh, uh, quiet admissions when we're not able to do a show, <laughs> and uh, and after talk where we uh, where we rake each other over the coals for how guilty we feel for not doing the show. Uh, you can only get that if you're Pat Rion. Uh, so go to Pat Rion, Patreon dot com slash. Cord killers. Let's head on to the search party. Mandalorian and Grogu the movie. That's this variety article. The Mandalorian and Grogu will lead Lucasfilm's ongoing feature development slate, directed by John Favreau. It'll go into production later this year. Um it's gonna be directed by Charmine Obeid Chinoy. Uh, James Mangold and David Filoni. That is. Oh, I'm sorry. Very- John Favreau is going to direct the Mandalorian and Grogu. 
Lucasfilm, that will join the upcoming features, which we remember we've had like a million different names, Taika Waititi and the guys from Game of Thrones. Now it's John Favreau, Charmino Bajanoi, James Mangold, and David Filoni. Those are the people directing upcoming in-development Star Wars shows. Mandalorian and the Grogu, and the Grogu. I don't know why I added the, but... No, no, I love and the Grogu. Mandalorian and the Grogu uh, will lead, will lead the slate. That'll, that'll be the first one. I guess they're still doing the one with Ray. That's what Charmin is doing, but uh, uh, Mandalorian and, and Grogu. <laughs> I can't stop myself from doing it. <laughs> because because what I love about it is it sounds like a 70s buddy cop <laughs> drama. Mandalorian and the Grogu. Oh, Grogu, you're always going that way. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's the Grogu. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't say I love the name. Uh, can say that uh, all of the directors sound fantastic and that whatever this is, I, I sincerely hope it's okay. Good. So yeah, let's focus. I was a little confusing there because I ran all the directors together, and 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 obviously they're not all doing Mandalorian and the Grogu, uh, but John Favreau is. John Favreau has done the Mandalorian to great effect and to sometimes disappointing effect for you, Brian. How do you feel uh, about him doing the movie version? Favreau has so much credit in the bank to Brian, like everything he did for the MCU and, and the fact that uh, season one was pretty much entirely under, under his uh, tutelage. Uh, I, I, I am a big, big believer in what he is capable of now, whether or not he has time to do the way I want him to do, who's to say, I worry that this is Lucasfilm admitting they don't really have a plan. Right. They've had how many different Star Wars movies that they're like, I guess we'll just get big names. Oh, wait, those aren't working out. What's the hit? Uh, Mandalorian. Oh, well, let's just do that as a movie. It kind of that, feels that way. Uh, Tom, I am an outsider and I have no inside information whatsoever. And that me is either. not me being coy or winking. Mm-hmm. But the worries that you have sound to me like worries of the Kathleen Kennedy era and mm-hmm. that era is behind us. And it seems like now we're in an era, we're in a post Andor era mm-hmm. where folks like Tony Gilroy are, are being uh, engaged with. And uh, I, I, I am less worried about everything being silly the way you're describing. If, I, if I'm going to go the other direction, cause I can, I can pick any direction on this kind of analysis. I would say, ah, this is clearly Dave Filoni taking the lead creatively. This is Filoni going, no, 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 no. The thing we need to do next for the story is Mandalorian and the Grogu. And then Kathleen Kennedy goes, it's just Grogu. And Filoni's like, I I get to decide that. I'm in charge of the lore here. Uh, And then he gives it to Favreau and says, make the Mandalorian and Grogu. But, But it does feel like it's Filoni saying all right let's let's stick with what's good let's stick with characters you know let's 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 play out the lore in a good way and that 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 makes me feel good because i do like i think he's an excellent steward of this i i I, to be honest i think that all of them are excellent stewards but they all need to stop fighting with each other i mean like we we saw that with the 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 new star wars trilogy where jj abrams was like and you're welcome. And Ryan Johnson was like, and here's up yours. And then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dave Abrams was like, psych, he's back. <laughs> yeah. And you needed a Dave Filoni to say like, y'all can do whatever you want within these parameters, right? Right. To be the Kevin right. Feige of it all. Uh, speaking of which, Ahsoka season two is in development with creator Dave Filoni. Uh, other upcoming Star Wars series on Disney Plus include The Acolyte and or season two. Uh, and Filoni is directing a feature film expected to wrap up his TV series storylines. So that feature film that we said Filoni's doing of the four that we talked about, uh, would be taking the star Wars rebels crew and making a movie out of them at the end. Cause that's what, what's in Ahsoka right now. I am, I am 100% certain that would please the shareholders and it, it would, would please, please me too. Well, and, 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 and also I am not a shareholder. Uh, the hardcore is is mm-hmm. was going to be my other uh, yeah yeah those who who you know uh, have shall I say a, a higher tolerance for uh, some of the sillier aspects of the Star Wars universe and I like those characters 
I, th- I think character is my doorway into the Filoni, Filoni part of Star Wars. Uh, let's switch over to the other star, Star Trek. Variety says, uh, origin story movie set from the director of Andor. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, wait. What I meant was... Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> so... Star Trek four still in the works. This would not be Star Trek four. That would be the final chapter of the Chris Pine led series. They're getting the Andor director to do an origin story that would bring in Kirk's dad, I guess, uh, set decades before the original Chris Pine Star Trek movie. Um, and, and expand that universe. It is all the JJ Abrams though. It's all the bad robot stuff. So you 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 know who is canonically uh, Kirk's dad, or at least adopted dad in the J.J. Abrams verse? Do you know? It's Thor. Oh, right. Uh, it's Chris Hemsworth. Oh, sorry, that's the biological dad. I was thinking about the adopted dad, uh, which is uh, uh, <laughs> which is Greg Grumberg, who shouts at him as he's playing the Beastie Boys driving the car around. Oh, are we gonna get both? <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? That would be cool. Would that be the best? Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. He's like, you're not my real dad. My two dads. He's like, no, I'm better. I'm grunny. (laughs) I'm grunny. While we were out, Peacock uh, exclusively streamed a Chiefs Dolphins game. Everyone complained about it and it got 27.6 million viewers. I, uh, so, so I assume that's a pretty big number. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an NFL number, but it's not, yeah, it's not like, Oh, that streaming version didn't do as well as usual NFL games. No, it did. It, it did great. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I feel like we're in, uh, I'm seeking the right metaphor here because I love metaphors. I feel like we're entering kind of a, a gray zone of a twilight. That that would be the right way to put it. Like we've known. Like Bella and Edward. That, that we've known that sports could not maintain its stranglehold on uh, uh, the, the, the traditional court ex, uh, experience. And, uh, and now it's like, yeah, people are eventually figuring out, like we talked about earlier, it's like uh, to the creator, the consumer is God and to the consumer, uh, vice versa. And it's like uh, this, this third intermediary is, is, is just, getting negotiated out i'm i'm glad i'm glad that that all of the over-the-top streaming services are getting increasingly reliable at delivering live events to us yeah i i heard some people claim that they had problems but but overall there were not problems streaming it and peacock claims it was responsible for the most internet usage in a single day in the u.s the game itself took up 30 percent of internet traffic uh okay uh Oh, what do they pick up the phone and say, hello, is this Dr. Internet? Uh, will you please? Yeah, look no, at you can, you can estimate that stuff. We, we always have the things like, oh, YouTube and Netflix take up this percentage of traffic. So there, there, there's ways to, to gauge that. They did not cite the people who can gauge that when they said it, though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see the word zone, Adam, Adam at the word zone, uh, pointing out Babylon five, uh, no longer in development at CW, uh, but but Warner Brothers has not junked the project entirely. Uh, it's now shopping the project to other streaming services. Uh, and it apparently had two rumored to have showed interest. Tom, yes. I'm going to say the following. Okay. And I mean it sincerely because I know this is a touchy subject with many of our uh, Pat Rion friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, friends of Pat. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sad about this. Uh, mainly I'm sad because if, if they don't make a cool new one, then our only option is to watch <laughs> <laughs> the more challenging mm-hmm. traditional one. Mm-hmm. And I'm told, and I believe everyone, that the story gets very, very good. Yeah, just you just need three seasons and then the story I, gets really, really No, I, I, I know it's good. Uh, and I want to watch it someday. Someday. Uh, did you see the Halo season two trailer by any chance? I did. I, yeah. I, um, 
Halo TV show season two, in case anybody's confused. Yeah, yeah. No, um Paramount Plus. Uh, uh how uh how can I put this? Uh, 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 none of us get to decide when we imprint on a thing. I imprinted on Tron. Somebody 10 years younger than me imprinted on the Phantom Menace, you know, and so on and so on and so on. Um, uh, a lot of people imprinted on the Halo universe. To me, it's it's a uh, it's a little bit plasticky and 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 you know uh, uh, low polygon, but. I understand that that it means a lot and I want video games to do well. And you know, I mean this because of how deeply affected I was with the last of us uh, on, on HBO. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, well put, like I, I don't see halo as my thing. And maybe that is a criticism of, of halo, the TV show that, you know, Oh, but if they're doing a good job, it would have pulled you in like last of us did. Um, but, but again, I don't think it has I, to be. I, I, I can't evaluate how much of that was already primed from me playing it for the first time or yeah. having a daughter or so on. Yeah. Uh, also, full he trailer for. And it's strong and as cool and as good looking as Pedro Pascal. You know, there's a lot of parallels. There are. There are. Uh, you were also once a sand viper. In, yeah. And in also, you know, I Westeros. had a broken. There was this time I broke my arm and I went mm -hmm. to the Emmys and everyone just kept talking about how great I looked. And you speak fluent Spanish. Uh, uh, ahoy. <laughs> uh, full trailer for Three Body Problem. Uh, this is Netflix's take on Three Body Problem. There are others, uh, but Netflix is doing a series based on Liu Shishin's novel uh, coming March 21st, 2024. I watched it and thought, man, I've forgotten so much from the book. Brian, you watched it and you said, this doesn't seem like the book. It, 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 well, to be honest, I, I suspect that that's on purpose to, uh, uh because the book is, is fairly, uh, cerebral and, and very difficult to translate in. It's going to be hard enough to tell this story in, yeah. uh, this format in a visual format, um, but uh, 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 do, do we want to talk about uh, what we remember from the first book? No, general? because it'll be embarrassing how little I remember there. There's a bunch of stuff happens in the great leap forward, you know, in the sixties and then there's a headset um, and then there's messages and they don't know where they're from. And then there's some things that are spoilery. Like I, I, I remember so little, I feel like it's like sitting right here. I feel like I should read it again. But, Before uh, March twenty first, I don't think this is much of a spoiler. But but imagine how much would change just knowing that there was an intelligent alien civilization out there. And this is a theme that has been explored in in books like Peter F. Hamilton's Pandora Star, sure. uh, where it's like like <laughs> a, in that case, just a star winks out, and they realize, oh crap, that must be a Dyson sphere. That means there are aliens. That means we have to immediately get ready. To go to war or whatever. In this case, there, there, uh, uh, a lot of the first book, if I remember correctly, um, uh, deals with um, oh, uh, quantum threads where something can happen at very far away and affect something very far away, and so essentially, uh, uh, superposition, you, yeah, entanglement, you could, quantum you entanglement. Could, exactly. Yeah, you you could put ideas or thoughts or visions in other people's minds. And, and at some point they're perceived as, you know, Oh, you're clearly an insane person, but then it, they realize, Oh, no way. You're just being talked to by aliens. Also. Oh dear. Aliens are coming and yeah. we have, something they want, uh, aliens are probably responsible for the cancellation of our flag means death. So two seasons, that's all we get. Uh, Tom, can I say something? No. Terrible? No. Okay. This is the segment. <laughs> and what you didn't hear was me saying, maybe that's all we needed. Oh, uh, no, no. I wanted a redemption season. I wanted a third season that said the problems with the season two were just the problems of an act two. That's kind of how I yeah. felt. Uh, uh, or, or as our friend Justin Robert Young put it, you know what I like in my pirate TV shows? 
a little bit of piracy. More pirates. <laughs> that, that would be Lots nice. Pirates. Yeah. A little, a little less domestic disputes. <laughs> uh, White Lotus uh, casting. I, 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 I try not to put every casting announcement for every show we are interested in in here. But Walton Goggins was in this one, so I was like, okay, let's. Walton Goggins is going to be in White Lotus this next season. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Um, uh, unfortunately. Uh, what I want to say is I will watch anything with Walton Goggins. However, I have to admit that I have not finished season two of Invincible yet. Mm. And Walton Goggins features prominently as one of the voices in that cartoon. That's just a uh, voice, though. It's not as compelling with the, without his face. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, if, if that's my out, I'll take it. All right. Uh, Godzilla minus one was remastered in black and white and released in Japan January 12th. And they're going to do that in the U S as well. Well, they already remastered it, but they're going to release the black and white version, uh, in U S theaters starting January 26th. And then both versions of the film will end their theatrical run on February 1st. So you only have a few days to watch the black and white one here. So this is a case where, uh, sometimes less is more, right? Like, uh, by all accounts, this is a wonderful telling of, of kind of, you know, the early days of, of essentially Muppet Babies, but with Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Um, without the copyright problems that Muppet Babies have. But yeah, uh, it's I have not yet seen it. And I'm embarrassed to say that I have not yet seen it because I really want to see it. Uh, and I want to see it in the theater. But. I just haven't been able to get my act together to go do it. So I'm not, if I see it though, I'll probably want to see the color version as cool as the black and white version is. I want to see that one second. I want to see it in color, then see it in black and white. We've also seen the same thing. Was it uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro, the uh, uh, sideshow something or other one where, where they released it first in color and then, and then as black and white with Wolverine too. Yeah. Uh, Wait, was it Wolverine? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 Logan. Logan, Logan, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I truly think there's something special to to that kind of experience. It's a it's a culturally learned thing, and I wonder at what point it goes away, where many of us understand that black and white means classic, means old timey, means things from before the seventies. Uh, you know, the seventies are in are in in kind of a faded color. The 60s, the 50s and before, those are all black and white. And so putting something out in black and white makes it seem kind of old and cool and noir and all of that. And I wonder how much of that is endemic to black and white and will always be there and how much of it is just our cultural position as, as sort of straddling the line. Well, and uh, the, uh, to be honest, like there will be a time when people talk about, uh, oh, remember when they would run films at 24 frames per second. Yeah, right. Everything was, you know. Remember when films were 2D? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And likewise, like there are certain, I mean, you go back to listen to the Dust Brothers producing uh, Beck's album, Odelay, where it's like they, uh, 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 where it's at, there's a reason that they injected unnecessarily a bunch of uh, vinyl <clears throat> noise on mm-hmm. there because yeah. they want to capture a, a, a vibe and so it's like I, I, I'm, I'm cool with all that because um, if you don't have shadows then the viewer has fewer places to project themselves into that's yeah. that's kind of the power of glamour stuff um, the Avengers not the Marvel Avengers the British one the Emma Peel and John Steed Avengers uh, has a reboot in the works, which puzzles me because they tried to do this with an Uma Thurman movie and Ray Fiennes uh, back uh, about 12 years ago before the Avengers Marvel movie came out. That one flopped. Uh, and now they're going to have to deal with all of this kind of confusion of the entire world knowing. I remember when I would watch the Avengers, the original BBC or not BBC, uh, I think it was ITV, but it was ABC in the United States. Uh, but I would watch the original British version back in the day and people would sometimes go do you mean marvel the avengers oh no this is the british thing but most people really didn't know either of them now everyone knows avengers means marvel and they're gonna try to reboot this classic british spy comedy show um at studio canal i would like so much to like troll everyone and tell them that uh 
uh, that it's it's uh, uh, these guys Excalibur um, <laughs> <laughs> with Captain Britain. It's a British yeah. Avengers. <clears throat> the British Avengers, yeah. Uh, but it's not. I I love the Avengers. Uh, the 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 Emma Peel, John Steed. Uh, it they're awesome. Uh, I don't know if you need a reboot. Well, it, it, especially because, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't a bunch of the aesthetic appeal. I I, I can't speak to the comedy aspects, but um, uh, uh, there was a lot of Kingsman vibes. Oh, in, yeah. Yeah, right? very much. Kingsman and channeled it, a lot of the Avengers, James Bond, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, and but now we have the Kingsman and we have uh, yeah. uh, whatever, whatever this bonkers new and movie that he's doing. On the one hand, uh, it was a great concept, and if you can you can reboot it, great. Um, I, I'm not against reboots in principle. On the other hand, is there anyone that really wants this? Because fans like me who know the original probably just want to rewatch the original, and we're going to be very critical of any reboot if it doesn't really capture uh, the the original. And 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 we have lost Emma Peel and John Steed. They they're they're both the actors are both gone. So it's not like you can work them in somehow. Uh, well, everyone it, else is just going to go, what is this? Why is it called the Avengers? What, what was, I, I don't want to reduce it to being a joke, but what was the joke? What was the gimmick? Of, the of gimmick that? was John Steed was a, a secret agent, uh, of some kind. It was all very, left very vague so that they could be, you have a lot of latitude in what he was able to do. And Emma Peel, uh, was his young assistant and she, she wore the, you know, like cat suit and and could do like all kinds of fighting moves and he was a proper gentleman who wore a bowler hat and and carried a cane but was a little tougher than you thought uh and so the the thing in the 60s was that she did more of the fighting uh and he was just you know the thoughtful one which was kind of turning things on its head for the time uh and it just had that great 60s aesthetic of, of fashion and spy thrillers and and that uh, they were always a soviet spy and a lot of these things so it was but, 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 it was a vibe not 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 so not so over the top as to be like get smart no no cool it was not theory. it was not farcical uh it was, it was more like of, it was more no. like a little bit like doctor who in the sense of like okay, those robots look a little clunky, but I guess they'll do. Uh, and then, and then very charming and, and, you know, with a wink and a smile, the good guys always win. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm into the aesthetic, but I feel like if you described the Avengers as you just described it to anybody under 40, I feel like they would come up with about seven franchises before they landed on the Avengers. Yeah. And yes, I uh, I do not mean to leave out Honora Blackman uh, when I talk about Emma Peel, but the 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 heyday of the Avengers was was with Emma Peel. All right, uh, Numi Rapace uh, is in a an Apple TV sci-fi show coming up February twenty first called Constellation. Uh, she plays an astronaut who returns to Earth after a disaster in space, and then there's a mystery. Uh, there's a piano in her apartment and people didn't buy it while she was gone. They would say she always had it, but she doesn't remember ever having a piano. Uh, her daughter overhears her listening to a recording she made while she was out on the mission, talking to her daughter. Her daughter's like, I never recorded that. What's that? Uh, and then in the trailer, she hallucinates her daughter in a bathtub and then she goes away. So uh, it's a mystery. It reminds me of a book called vessel by Lisa a Nichols that we read for sword and laser, but it's not based on that. Apparently it's a separate uh, story. And uh, I don't know, Apple TV coming up with some, some good sci-fi. I, I, I'm definitely going to give this a try. I, it's very difficult for me to divorce myself from um, the, uh, the content itself from the game of, of how do you pitch this content? And the mere fact that the trailer kind of very leans heavily into, whoa, what's this dark other verse kind of makes me want to immediately assume, oh, wait, what if uh, what if the lesson is, yeah, there's lots of universes and this is yeah. a good enough verse. And maybe maybe that's the, the sneaky trick. Like it's 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 hard because I always want to you know, try to try to figure things out ahead of time. Cause I don't want to be fooled. Yeah. I, 
I am in the same way. And actually, we talked about this on Good Day Internet uh, with Dr. Nikki today. And, and Roger and Nikki and I were all kind of running through like, okay, it could be that she's imagining it. Uh, it could be that it's all a dream. Could be she's being experimented by aliens. Like we tried to figure out what the tropes are. So I'm very curious what it ends up being. Same. Uh, and then here's a really interesting one. Comedy Central isn't going to choose a Daily Show host for for a couple of years since. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> I, I need to pull up the story so I, I can not forget uh, his name. Trevor Noah. Uh, since Trevor Noah left, they have had a series of rotating guest hosts from week to week. Uh, they're not even going to do that anymore. They're just going to rely on a team of correspondents to lead each night. Because it saves them uh, money. I, guess. I, 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 I would imagine. Well, okay, that'll be interesting. Um, ooh, I, I, I would imagine that that still involves credits roll, camera zooms in, and somebody's behind a desk. It, it, it reminds me a bit of, um, uh, of all things, uh, 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 The Onion would would do this thing where it's like they would do a series of one-offs, three minutes long. And they would always say, I'm so-and-so, our regular host, blah, 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 is out on assignment. Uh, and like there never was the regular host. Uh, I could see them doing something like that. Or, or uh, But it does seem like there needs to be somebody manning the helm at, at any given time. Yeah, I, I just uh, I think it's them saying we, we just don't know who to choose. <laughs> so and, and 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 nor should they because because nobody likes it when they choose like nobody was happy with any replacement at first nobody was happy with the replacement for Craig Kilborn nobody was happy with the replacement for John Stewart nobody was happy with the placement for for Trevor Noah uh, like if 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 it's a Kobayashi Maru here's a crazy idea maybe uh, a curious game the only winning move is not to play. But does that win? Usually you replace it. Everybody complains. Then they get used to the new person and they like them. But if you never give them a person, then it's like, why, why am I even watching this? Well, if uh, flip side, um, you don't have to have Iron Man in the next Avengers movie. Mm. You don't have to have Thor in the next Avengers movie. But will movie. it still be as popular if you don't? I don't know. I know it'll be an Avengers movie. I know I'll see a bunch I, of... I think what bothers me about this is not that it's a bad idea. It's that the motivation for doing it isn't uh, anything but uh, we can't find anyone and we're cheap. So let's but, just and, save the money. And that's that's the unfortunate part is that it's pretty transparent that they're not having good luck. Or we it. can find someone, but we can't afford them. So, yeah. Yeah. I... I, it's not a bad compromise, but it's a compromise solution to say, you know, we've got some great correspondents here. None of them are ready, but let's let's just, you know, keep using them. Uh, and and one of them will start to rise to the top and become the host, maybe. Uh, let me let me pitch this. Go full SNL. There's never one host. Well, there's I, I'd actually be fine with that if they just kept doing the rotating host. But that's what's weird about this idea is they're like, okay, we were doing the rotating host for a long time. We're going to stop doing that now. Yeah. Uh, what you been watching in your, in your buried treasure there? What I love about these sound effects is that they just make so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh so um my uh my kid went back to college and uh as as you know tom i'm i'm a big big fan of of akira i have one of the original production cells and my kids have grown up seeing it and hearing me say oh yeah, yeah someday you'll want to watch you know who knows and uh finally just before she left my daughter was like dad can i watch akira and I was like, yes, yes, you can. And so we all gathered together. We watched Akira and there was this great moment like halfway through. And I'm like, you got to understand, like at the time, this was incredible storytelling. And then as if offended, Penny was like, at the time, 
<laughs> this is amazing, Dad. And I've never been prouder. It was incredible. And that led me down a rabbit hole of watching a bunch of think pieces about Akira. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's really great. Uh, also, I watched The Beekeeper twice. And uh, also, uh, I rewatched Nobody, and I realized that The Beekeeper is just a very silly version of Nobody. And we could talk about that in after after talk. Oh, here's it was supposed to be buried treasure. There, see, because it's digging. Oh, got it. Okay, all yeah, right. All I right. hit the wrong one. Sorry. About no, that. no, I like the dogs one. Like, like they're they're, they're finding sniffing like, around. Yeah, yeah, you're finding the dead bodies. <laughs> uh, I am going to be on a uh, podcast uh, of of a uh, of, of a person that I've come to know over the internet um, called and I want to get the name right. So hold on while I do that. It's called Anime Explorations. Uh, it's kind of a book club for anime. So they do movies and they also do TV shows. And in advance of being on, they asked me to watch something called Thunderbolt Fantasy. Now. There's going to be like a section of our audience who's like, oh, Thunderbolt Fantasy. I, I, I know what that is. 2016, et cetera, et cetera. And then the rest of you are going to be like, what is that? Uh, so I want to apologize to that first crowd uh, at everything I'm about to get wrong because I know how this goes. And if you're really into something, uh, there's all kinds of nuances and things that I'm going to miss. So I'm going to say words that are not technically accurate and all of that. And I apologize in advance. But Brian, it's anime done with puppets. I'm here for it. I mean, it, isn't isn't that technically what uh, uh, Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within? Sure. Is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a team uh, of anime uh, folks who came up with the story and worked with a Taiwanese team. So it's Japanese anime storytelling with a Taiwanese uh, puppetry place that does like you know inspired by traditional uh, Chinese puppetry puppetry. Uh, and they, they, they tell a wuxia story, uh, and it's pretty great because they do sword fighting and martial arts and all kinds of cool stuff, but with puppets. This is the form of puppetry where everybody's dressed in black and they have sticks and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the inspiration for it. I watched the making of, and it doesn't really work like that in practice because they're just doing shooting uh, of it. But yeah, it's that style. It's that, it's that style. Uh, and, and the, the puppets, they look good. Like they, they're, 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 they're really well done. Uh, and it's not shadow. It's not shadow marionettes. It's definitely hand puppets. Um, but uh, they they uh, they wear uh, you know very elaborate clothing like you would in in that period you know with the the thing through the top knot and uh, they have swords and there's special talking swords and secret swords and scrolls and a great story I don't want to tell too much because I want to save it for uh, for for the show that I'm going to be on but uh, it was fun I was glad I I got a chance to to be exposed to that otherwise I don't think I ever would have. Right and on, it's yeah. available on Crunchyroll if anybody wants to check it out called Thunderbolt Fantasy. Uh, if you got something we should be on the lookout for, email us cordkillers at gmail.com. Whose turn is it? Uh, you know what? I'm going to take my turn because it's time sensitive. This is normally the part where uh, uh, either me or Tom promotes a thing. Uh, Tom, uh, we're running out of time. Are it we? Is, oh, I'll, let me go run down to the store and get more time. I, 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 two and a half months. We have two and a half months. We are about 80 days away from the total solar eclipse <gasps> here at the seven acre property. Uh, for those long timers, you know that when I bought this place as a dise- disheveled, decrepit, uh, terrible place, uh, we built it up because I knew that five years later, there would be a total solar eclipse and we were going to do something absolutely incredible. Uh, have I, have I told you Tom what, what the absolutely incredible thing is going to be? I mean, you told me about the solar eclipse. Is there something even more incredible? Wait, is this a real moment we're about to have? I don't know. What are you telling me? I always forget things. I can never guess when someone asked me, have I told you this before they tell me? Oh my God. Okay. Okay. So I have, I've kept this quiet so uh, previously, only people on the email list have have known about uh, uh, this secret plan that I've had because um, 
the idea of of doing a a year over year picnic and in one year we broke a guinness world record last year we had the most epic skull tournament of all time we always have podcasts we always have comedy shows we always have fantastic musicians and all that stuff but how do you guarantee a good time when the uh when on when the stakes are you want to see a solar eclipse yeah and the answer is as i figured out i can't believe i haven't told you this i'm so excited the answer is you have a show so good that even if the solar eclipse doesn't work out everybody's still thrilled and i was trying to think of like uh okay what are what would that look like and i was transfixed i, I don't know if you were there tom but it was at dragon con that we did uh, NSFW back in the day, tw 2012, I believe, 12 years ago. And uh, George Robb, uh, a brilliant comedian, skeptic, podcaster, musician, he just casually at the end of the show says, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, I noticed there's a grand piano out there. I'm just going to play the entirety of Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, so if you want to join me, come on out. And so we all walked out to the hallway and then we all sat cross-legged as he began to play the entirety of Dark Side of the Moon, starting with Breathe. And if you're not familiar, this thing held a world record for being in the Billboard Top 100 my entire lifetime. Uh, it's got universal themes about what it means to be alive, what it means to watch the passage of time, what it means to, to be in the middle of a Cold War, uh, and uh, and eventually, the last two tracks, there's this one called Brain Damage that is about, it's a love letter to the member of Pink Floyd who lost his mind and went to an institution. Sid Barrett, yeah. Uh, yeah, correct, right? Uh, you shout, but no one seems to hear. And if the band you're in starts singing different tunes, I'll see you on the dark side of the moon, right? Uh, and then... And then uh, the very last track is a track called Eclipse, and it's this summary of everything that you ever have been. It's incredible. And I've worked out with George. We're going to get a grand piano, and we're going to set it up on a stage that we're going to build. And whether it's cloudy or not, you're going to hear this 26-minute rendition of this all-time classic album that's going to build in this incredible crescendo. And as you get to the very end, it's going to, the moon is going to eclipse the sun. And then the sun will literally be eclipsed by the moon. That's pretty cool. The, second, the moon will eat the sun. <laughs> That's great. I love it, man. That's so cool. I'm glad George is willing to do that too. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's going to happen, and I've been quiet about it because I wanted to keep uh, everybody on the email list apprised, but uh, uh, Tom, I assume you're going to be there for it, right? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't miss it, man. Uh, so uh, that that is uh, just head on over to scamstuff.com. It's gear for the modern rogue. Just type in Founders Day, and you'll see a ticket on there. Uh, we're going to feed you. We're going to entertain you. We've got lots of space for, for if you're an RV person or a driving person, or if you need help finding a place to stay, everybody's working together. It's going to be like, this is this, this is the sum total of 16 years of podcasting for me, which is amazing. And it's going to end or not end it's going to culminate in the the moon eating the sun and ah that's an awesome that's so awesome everybody come join us do it you got to be there all right now appropriately enough the next segment is called scanning the horizon ah, there's a flood sir that just sounds like rain oh there we go. Uh, thunder <laughs> 
Amazon has agreed to invest in Diamond Sports. Remember we talked about Diamond Sports? I told everybody about Diamond Sports. They're the subsidiary of Sinclair that's autonomous, so they're really not part of Sinclair. They operate the Bally Sports Net, uh, 18 regional sports networks under the Bally Sports banner. Uh, 37 teams, 11 MLB, 15 NBA, 11 NHL. Uh, When approved by the bankruptcy court, Amazon becomes a minority investor and will get the rights to add Bally Sportsnet content to Prime Video, while the content will also remain on cable. So it's probably going to have blackouts uh, because it's going to still be on cable. Um, But Amazon will also get a seat at the table at the end of these seasons. NHL and NBA are in the middle of theirs. MLB's yet to begin later this year as Diamond Sports tries to negotiate the rights for the next seasons of NHL, NBA, and MLB. And I think that's what Amazon really wants. So uh, Bally Sports is totally unconnected to Bally Gaming. Like this isn't one of those like Bally Gaming is sponsoring the name. That's that's their relationship to it. So they're called Bally Sports because they sold the naming rights to Bally. But the company doesn't have anything to do with Bally. Okay. The only reason I bring it up is because uh, an ongoing theme we've seen over the last few years has been the increasing integration. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's definitely part of this, too. But but the the, the cord-cutting aspect of this is Amazon taking a tentative step. They're not going to buy Diamond Sports, but they're going to strike a deal to keep them from going back, get them out of Chapter 11 bankruptcy, uh, and then get a seat at the table to start negotiating some more sports deals, which, you know, all these big streamers want. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm going to tell you the following, and you're going to explain it, Tom. The NFL has taken a stake in ESPN while putting its NFL media unit under Disney control. That sounds like we're talking about a battle or a war, but instead, it's real-life news. Yeah, no, this this is when everybody's like, oh, Disney's going to sell ESPN. And Iger was like, I don't want to sell ESPN, but I'd be open to an arrangement. He gave a stake of ESPN to NFL. And then Disney, in return, gets control of the NFL media unit. Uh, so while Amazon's over there trying to get those pieces of Bally, Disney's over here, like, cozying up to the NFL. It's so fascinating because, like, you have a little bit more sports interest than I do. But but I feel like the real Game of Thrones that, that we haven't highlighted uh, – as much as it probably should be over the last five years has been the evolving uh, disillusion of previous agreements when it comes to sports on traditional. It's not even dissolution. It's just as the old agreements come up for renewal, the new agreements look totally different. Like there's, there's a whole new landscape. Um, Number of channels of free and ad supported television. This is a deadline story. Headline is, are we reaching peak fast? Number of channels north of 1500 in the US industry execs see a shakeout coming. Uh, I pulled out this quote, Sam Harowitz, VP of content acquisition and partnerships for Tubi said fast has quote, been in this period of growth and now we're at or almost at the point of shifting into optimization. Uh, you can correct me if uh, my impulses are wrong here on this one, Tom, but, but, uh, oh, I don't know. Have we hit peak number of YouTube channels? Have we hit peak number of Twitter channels? Have we hit peak number of TikTok channels? Here's the part no. of this that makes sense to me. When you turned on fast in the early days, you got like 20 channels and it was easy to be like, you know what? I don't have to make a choice. I know I want sci-fi. Give me that sci-fi channel. When you've got this many channels, suddenly it's like, oh man, there's like 20 sci-fi channels. How do I choose which one? So I think I think there's something to it there. Yeah, I, 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 my only counter to that would be uh, if only there was an algorithm that would pay attention to your age, demographic, location. Yeah, but so that's on. that's Netflix. That's Disney Plus. What Fast did was like, I don't want an algorithm. I don't want to to have to choose anything. I just want to, I want a grid like I used to have, and I just want to pick something. So I don't know. I think, I think there's something to this that you could have too many fast channels to make it useful for people. I agree. Uh, my only, my only add on would be, uh, what if it looked like there were only a few channels, but instead those channels that were presented to you were. And then where you go with that is, 
some of the channels that you're operating are not going to get enough viewership because they aren't going to be presented and then they're not worth operating. So you drop them. So yeah, I, yeah. Fair uh, meanwhile, off-peak TV news, the number of U.S. scripted shows fell 24% in 2023, a study finds. In the U.S., the number of scripted sh uh, series released last year dropped 24% to a total of 481. That's down from 633 in each of 2021 and 2022. Uh, with the drop in 2023 could be mostly attributed to the WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes, which makes sense, delaying me many of the new scripted seasons on broadcast TV to a mid-season start in January and February in 2024. There were 295 new international shows, down from 429, compared to with the 202 new U.S. commissions, down from 342. Um, uh, I, 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 to that very last point, Tom, uh, I, I, I don't think I'm in trouble if I say uh, there is a chilling effect because a lot of international projects would, didn't want to get caught up in, 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 in the fight uh, during uh, the, the troubles. The troubles. Uh, yeah. The, the, the takeaway I've, I've seen uh, from folks on this is uh, a lot of these worldwide streaming networks like Netflix have shifted resources internationally and not all those resources are coming back to the U.S. Uh, Plex is about to launch a store for movies and TV shows. You'll apparently be able to rent and buy movies and TV shows starting in early February. So if you're a Plex fan, that's good to know. Uh, Roku chief Charlie Collier says we're going to be the lead in to most of television. That's the pitch from Roku now, uh, Brian. We're the lead in to television. You know, like in the old days, you'd, you'd have a, a strong lead in to your new show like the Super Bowl. Uh, Roku is the lead in. I'll tell you what, if they could pull that off. That would be a brilliant maneuver because I, I, I think it actually could work because uh, everybody older than me and increase, you know, obviously you and I are getting up there, uh, but, but everybody older than us, they turn on the TV and Roku tells them, hey, before you do anything, look at this. And it's like, wow, I mean, that's the definition of a I saw this. I saw this as, hey, I know we're going to make some amazing originals on Roku, but we're not trying to take away your viewers. We're just going to get you get them to you after our show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Lauren Michaels tells uh, talks about SNL, and he says that uh, regarding his retirement, uh, which presumably will come at some point, seventy years from now, and says Tina Fey quote could easily replace him. Yeah, uh, let's, let's look at this. Just, it's just in from the internet. Duh. <laughs> uh, they're doing a fiftieth anniversary show in February. He says I will definitely be there for that, and definitely be there until that. And sometime before that, we'll figure out what we're going to do. So it does sound like the 79-year-old, is he 79 years old? Really? Is that right? Um, is is finally looking at handing over the baton. I feel like he's he's he says a lot of like, oh, we've got a lot of great people uh, inside and out that can do this, but Tina Fey sure could do it. That feels like he's putting pressure on her. That feels like he's like throwing it out in public so that, she has to she has to feel like oh maybe i should take give it us tina, give us yeah tina. yeah yeah i don't know how i escaped knowing this until like last year but i did not know that dr evil from austin powers was a parody of of lorne lorne <laughs> interesting <laughs> Okay, like, and uh, uh, apparently, if you hear people tell stories about Lauren, like inside the the pitch room, like they all do essentially a Doctor Evil impression. They're like, well, I kind of like that, but what what if you did it more like this? <laughs> a million dollars. All right, let's see what the chatter is. Uh, there, that's where the geese were supposed to go. I did the geese I when the I should have done the geese were looking for dead bodies yeah. and the dogs were barking at the horizon. 
Uh, uh, hey, killers, Thomas says, I have taken your challenge on the Netflix hours viewed list and discovered I'm weirdly in tune with the general population. Here are my results. Heard of the night agent. Number one seen Wednesday. Number four loved the diplomat. Number 19. I guess I'm now your default source for what's hip and fly with the cool kids. Just give me a few minutes to get up. I threw out my back. Uh, first of all, Thomas, uh, you were already one of the cool kids. The moment you became a friend of a friend of Sam Pat. Pat, or Pat Treon. Pat Rion. Uh, no, that's that, that's interesting. I, I think a lot of people would be surprised how they don't have to go as far down this list uh, as they might have thought to find heard of, seen and loved. Uh, thank you for doing that, Thomas. Norm Fazika says, with the hit or miss nature of Marvel products these days, I'm happy to say I loved Echo on Disney+. Plus. The story picks up uh, the story of Maya Lopez after the events of Hawkeye. First episode kicks off the story of Maya as a youth in Oklahoma, how she became part of Wilson Fisk's criminal enterprise. I found the first episode a little disjointed as it blended new material from Maya's youth to old material from Hawkeye, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But great action, returns of several favorites, all episodes dropping at once, only five episodes, easy entry into a Marvel character. Yeah, I I, I like I, I I love watching the meta game of like uh, do we drop them all at once or 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 mm, a couple mm-hmm. and and then lead into it we'll see. Uh, and then Andrew wrote in, and I actually read this on DTNS as well. Uh, I didn't pay attention to which email address he was sending it to, but uh, he, he said he was looking for a replacement for Netflix. He tried Gamefly. He tried Scarecrow. Wasn't happy with the selection. He had been so used to Netflix having pretty much every DVD, older, less popular titles. Then, Andrew says, I turn to my local library and it's awesome. I live in the suburbs of a large city, so maybe other libraries aren't as good, but I can get everything from my library. They have programs where they pull movies from neighboring cities if my local library doesn't have it. They have even purchased titles I've requested if they cannot find them at another library. TLDR, your local library might just be the best place to get DVD and Blu-rays. Uh, yeah, no, and 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 uh, uh, to be clear, we're talking about uh, uh, physical media for for all of that stuff. But yeah, yeah, uh, that that's cool and and a great suggestion, uh, folks. You can do streaming at your library too. We've talked about that before, but but yeah, if you want DVD and Blu-rays, um, your library has them. Go check it out. Love it. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, oh wow, what is this? Um, Oh, don't worry about anything else. Let's wrap it up and then we'll move into a court. Uh, All right. Uh, Brian, thank you for being with us. Where can people find more of what you do on the internet? You can find me on the dark side of the moon. Head on over to scamstuff.com. Look up Founders Day. It's going to be every single year. It's a wonderful picnic. Games, laughs, music, fun. And this year, our special guest, the moon. Our website. Sure they can't back away. <laughs> Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live at twitch.tv slash night attack Mondays, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Record, we'll talk to you next time. 